Well, did we all make it through the night? All right. Well, I also want to uh, just open up the new year. I believe God has amazing things for all of us this year. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe it's a new day? Amen. God wants to do a new thing. In fact, uh, this morning I just want to share something with you entitled, The New You. Amen. How many of you believe God wants to do a new thing? Do you know the entire New Testament is about a new covenant? And Jesus introduced the message of the kingdom as a message that was connected to the new wine. And Jesus said you cannot put old wine into new wineskins. God wants to do a new thing in your life. I know that may seem very cliche-ish, especially when we come into the beginning of the year, but we've ended, we've ended one year, 2016, and we've come into a year uh, this year, and I, I just want to really kind of share from my heart this morning. I, I, I do have a message, but I, I, my wife and I have already in, been in, in prayer here at the church, in fact, a little more vigorously than normal, but I really felt the Lord lay some things on my heart this morning, and I know that I'm, I'm not the only one that the Lord's speaking in and through here, because I believe the Lord wants to come, especially in these next three weeks. And I, I really pray that you would make an effort to come out at least to some of these prayer meetings and seasons as we're seeking the Lord. There's something very powerful when we as a body come together corporately, Everyone say together. The Bible says in Acts 2, 44, it says, And they that believed came together. So say it one more time, would you? Together. Now, I know there's a lot of people today that feel they can have their own little Bible time at home and by themselves, and that, that's good. We need that. But there is an important reason why we come together. Now, I, I want you to notice that when the Bible says this, listen to me. In Acts chapter 2, it says this, that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, it says they were all in one accord in one place. I didn't say that. The Bible teaches that. In one accord, in one place. How many of you know the devil is threatened where there's unity? The devil can't stand it where people actually come together. Now, one of the reasons why there is a need for coming together is because when we come together the body, we become a body. We are the body of the Lord Jesus. And when his body comes together, there is the interaction and there is the relationship that begins to take place and people begin to become empowered through the word of the Lord, through word of prophecy, through the word of encouragement, through just, just rubbing and just praying and imparting to one another. It was not intended to just take you away from your home. It's not intended. And so when we come together in fasting and prayer, some things are going to happen. In fact, I want to tell you right now, things are already happening. Uh, strongholds are being broken. 
God's going to give us clear focus. How many of you believe you need a clear focus for this year? God wants to bring clear focus. The second thing I believe the Lord wants to do is bring us into a new level of understanding and confidence in our walk with God. There, I want to give you five things the Lord gave me to share with you just briefly. I want to move quickly because I want to close with a video clip this morning. And we're going to pray as we pray over the next three weeks. But I want to give you five things that have really hit this nation heart. This past year in 2016 is a year that is going to probably go down in history as one of the most divisive years in our nation. It has been amazingly divisive. It's not just because of the elections, but there has, how many of you know that what happens in the natural is a result of things happening in the spiritual? The spiritual heavenly, the realms of the heavenly realm have a huge impact on the natural. Do you remember back in Daniel 9 when Daniel gave himself to three weeks of fasting and prayer? The angel came at the end of his fast and he said, from the very first day you set your heart to seek the Lord. This is what the angel told Daniel in Daniel 9. From the very first that you set your heart to seek after the Lord, the Lord heard your prayer. But he said, the prince of Persia, He's speaking about a demonic principality, a ruler of darkness, withstood me. There were natural things in the natural, but there were spiritual things that were binding the minds of men. Do you know that right now, some of us right now are facing relational issues, whether in our family, in our home, whether it's in our government, and there are things that are seeking to oppose God's plan and purpose in your life. How many of you believe that? How many of you know that when a man of God, a woman of God begins to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. When you make that statement, hell takes notice. And he begins to say, you know what? We've got to stop that home. We've got to create a problem for that marriage. We've got to stop that man, that woman. When you begin to make a decision like that, Hell takes notice about that because you as a believer are the enemy's greatest threat. But there's some things I want us to be aware of that's that's confronting us and one of the reasons we need to be in prayer and in fasting. There are five quick things I want you to write down or just jot down. First of all, I believe many believers, even many Christians today, are fighting the wrong war. They're on the wrong battle, fighting the wrong war. What do I mean by that? That means instead of wrestling against principalities and powers, they're wrestling against flesh and blood. We're fighting people. We're fighting each other. We're fighting in politics. We're fighting the Democrats. We're fighting the wrong battle. And what we've done is we've worn ourselves out because we're in the wrong war. The second thing is that people are living, believers are living below their full potential that God has given us. Do you know, as Pastor or Brother James here said today, he's going to be teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when you are empowered 
with the very nature and the life and the atmosphere of heaven. It is not just an endorsement, but it is a seal upon your life. It's bigger than speaking in tongues and gifts. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, all embodied in your life. You walk with the wisdom and the knowledge and the power and the life of God. You have the actual power to bring change into an atmosphere, bring change into the lives of people. And many of God's people today are living far below because they're hung up on the past. They're held hostage to their sin, their past, their issues, their problems. And how many of you know the blood of Jesus has set us free? In order for me to embrace a new you, a new you, everyone say new you. In fact, turn to your neighbor and call him a new you. You're a new you. 217 is the year of the new you. I want to tell you right now that if you are saved and you've been baptized in water, and you have been coming to any particular church for any length of time, and there has not been a transformation, you're not saved. If you have been saved, if you've said a prayer, and maybe you've received the baptism, but if there's been no transformation, you're not saved. Well, Pastor Ray, I said the prayer, walked, talked the talk, didn't really walk the walk, but I talked the talk, I said it. I want to take you into a passage in John 5. I want you to see something here in John chapter 5, what Jesus said. Jesus said this, these were to the people in his day. John chapter 5, verse 37, it says, the Father himself who sent me has testified to me, You neither have heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you do not have his word abiding in you. Because whom he sent, you will not believe. You search the scriptures. But in them, you think. Everyone say, you think. You search, here, here, Jesus is referring to the Pharisees here. You guys are searching the scriptures, and in them you think you have eternal life. And these are which testify of me. But verse 40, notice it says, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have what? Life. Notice what it says here. You can know your Bible, but still not know Jesus. You can know your Bible, but still be void of the life of God. Be void of the grace of God. Be void of the understanding of you as a son, as a daughter. Understanding that Jesus Christ is, has not only washed you with his blood, but he has seated you in heavenly places this morning. That is a place of victory, a place of authority, a place of blessing and favor, a place where the curse is broken. Amen? This is so important, church, because I believe 
that God wants to turn our nation around, turn our cities upside down, but first he has to turn us inside out. I believe God wants to do such a work of grace in our life. I believe what he's saying here, he says, you guys, you search the scripture. You even go to your synagogues every Sunday. You're part of the, you know the songs, you know the scriptures. You even recite the scriptures, but you're not willing. You're not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men. But I know you. Think about, just picture Jesus saying this. I know you. That you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name or in the nature of my Father. Anytime you hear the word, the name, it's always referring to the very nature and character of God himself. And you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes only from God? You know one thing I, I want to say this, that Jesus loves us so much. How many of you believe God really loves us? See? He loves us so much that he wants us to know the truth because it's the truth that makes you free. If, if I don't understand this, it's possible. I believe God wants to take this church even from a place of just having a head knowledge of God, more than a religious knowledge, more than just a knowledge of coming to church into an experiential knowledge of his glory and his power that is residing in us, not just not sitting in us like a lake, but flowing out of us like a river. I, I believe God wants that river to be flowing. But, but, but we find here that Jesus was concerned about people who know the Bible, but they don't know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. They don't have a knowledge. They don't have, they don't have the kind of knowledge. One of the things that happens when you know Jesus is that you become a follower. You follow him. He becomes your leader. He becomes your Lord. Everyone say Lord. You see, we, we talk a lot about Jesus being our Savior. He saves us. Thank God he saves us. But he, is he in charge of my life? Is he master? That's not a term that we use in America. We don't use words like Lord and Master. But Jesus says, unless I am Lord, Matthew 7 says, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. So it's, it's what Jesus is saying here is that you seek the honor of men, but not the honor that comes from your father. Even as a pastor, one of the things the Lord really rebuked me years ago. I'm not kidding. I'm going to share something with you. The Lord rebuked me about a very deep insecurity I had. You know what that insecurity was? I wanted to know from my parishioners, the people at New Life, or Open Heavens now. I've got to get that right. Praise God. But I wanted to know 
how you felt I was doing when I would preach. And so I'd ask you a couple of guys, well, what did you think of my message? And all of you, every, at least I think you were being honest, but many of you would say, right, great word. You can't believe how I would go away thinking, yes. And the Lord spoke to me several years ago and said, stop asking your people what they think about what you preach. And I said, well, God, I need some feedback. He says, no, you're just trying to stroke yourself. No, Lord, that's not true. Yes, it is. You're, you're just trying to get accolades so it kind of just puts some points on your scoreboard. And I never thought that. And the Lord says, do not ever ask anyone ever again how you're preaching because I am giving you a word that is not always going to come across in a way that is going to be accepted or even received or even believed. And you will say what I tell you to say. And I said, Lord, wow, you are really putting me out there on a limb. He says, you bet. He says, do you seek honor from men or from me? And I said, Lord, I want honor from you. How many of you you want honor from God? Now, see, what that means is, is that Jesus... We sang this song this morning called, I Surrender All. I think sometimes we should sing it, I Surrender Some. Some to Jesus, I surrender. I surrender some. No, God wants all. He wants all of us. I, I, just, I just sense the Holy Spirit even right now. He's just, even as we were in worship this morning, I felt like the Lord just speak to me. He said, if my people will return to me, I will return to them. If you draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. I believe this year is a year where God is really going to do what he said with the name he gave us, and that was an open heavens. I believe God wants to open the heavens on your family, on your life, on your home, bring a prosperity, bring his presence, bring peace that passes all understanding. I believe God wants to strengthen our foundation so when the enemy comes in like a flood, when the enemy tries to threaten us, we are not shaken, we are not jolted, but you will stand because you are abiding in the secret place. The Bible says, He who dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of his wing. What what is that referring to? It's speaking of authority. When you dwell in that secret place, and that secret place is when you're hidden in Christ and your, your walk and your relationship and your heart is after him. He covers you like an umbrella. There's an umbrella over your life. And the devil may try to get at you, but he can't get it with you because you're under the umbrella of his authority. We don't obey him out of some religious uh, persecution. We're not obeying him out of some kind of uh, obligation, but it's out of his great love. I I just want to say that 
I, I believe the Lord wants to bring us into new levels of understanding him and understanding and release our faith this, this year. He wants to bring us into a new you. The third thing I wanted to bring out here out of five things is many of, many of God's people are bound with strongholds that are based on lies because the enemy has set up walls or lies in their minds. Do you know the enemy desires to plant lies? And, and these lies become walls or strongholds that hold us hostage in fear, in unbelief, or in habits or strongholds. The fourth thing is many of God's people are wounded and weak because of distractions. Does everybody here have a cell phone? Take your cell phone out, would you? Take your cell Hold your cell phone up in the air, would you? Praise God. Hold your cell phone up. I don't have Mine's down here. By the way, cell phones are not a sin. Amen. They're an awesome tool, aren't they? How many of you like your cell phone? How many here could honestly live without your cell phone for one day? Praise God. Well, this is the real truth serum here. I, I want to tell you something. I, I, I'm going to share something with you that, that is, might be mind-boggling. In the past four days, I've been, I've, I've been really seeking the Lord. Carol and I have been here in the, in the church and seeking the Lord. And the Lord asked me a, a real strange thing. He says, during this fast, tell the people to get off their cell phones and even off Facebook, chat rooms, and even their video games, other than just your regular telephone use, I, I, I just felt the Lord impress this. Now, this may not apply to everybody. I'm, I'm not giving you a commandment, but I felt a challenge from the Lord that some of us are on our cell phones more than we are in our Bible. We're, we're just texting away to everybody and everything, and, and yet the Word of God is not filling our minds. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, to some of you, what I just said, this doesn't even apply to you because you're not having an issue. But some of us may have a serious obsession you can't eat. You can't even go to the bathroom. You can't even go to work. You can't drive without... And, and I, just, I just felt like the Lord was saying, I want to speak to you. I want you to hear my voice. But there's so many outside distractions. Do you know fasting and prayer, the number one purpose of fasting and prayer, the number one purpose for this time is so we can hear his voice. So we can hear him. Today, 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 now, today, today, if you will hear his voice. Now, now, today, if you will hear his voice. Do not harden your heart. Today. I'm here to say, God wants to say something Today, today, and guess what he's going to say? He's not coming to with you. He's not going to whip you down. He's not going to tear you down. You know what he's going to do? He's going to open your eyes. He's going to open your heart. 
to how good he is. He's going to open your eyes to the goodness of God, and then he's going to show himself as a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Do you know God loves to bless you? He loves to answer your prayers. God is a giving father. He loves to give. He loves to bless. He wants you to live an overcoming life. He wants you to live what you were created for. Do you know what you were created for? You were created for his presence. You were not created for a boyfriend or a girlfriend or for drugs. You were not created for cell phones. You were not created for money or for this or for that. You were not created for material. You were created to have fellowship with your heavenly father. The most important purpose for your creation. Anything short of that will never satisfy You'll never find happiness, total happiness in marriage. You'll never find total happiness in a job or money. You'll never find true peace by just having materialism or maybe that promotion. Those, those sideline blessings are great, and it's great to have money. It's great to have a job. It's great to have a house. It's great to have a relationship. Those things are a blessing. But if, that's not, if Jesus is not the core, if, the, if he's not the central driving force of your life, Jesus said, you haven't come to know me. You know, the whole, the whole Bible, one of the dangers of, of coming to Christ is when you come to Christ today, the danger that many people that, that are babies in the Lord, baby Christians, people that don't know the Lord, the, the danger, and this is why the devil is so involved even in the preaching of the gospel, is because as soon as, as you hear the gospel about the cross, and you hear what Jesus did for us on the cross, the devil begins to slip in these little thoughts that suggest that now that you've become a Christian, you need to stop doing this and stop doing that, and you need to stop your sin, and you need to change your life in your own strength. And so we fall into the trap of what you cannot do and what you can do. It's called legalism. Now you may say, well, Pastor, I I thought transformation was part of the package. It is. But it's not based on what you do. It's not based on how hard you work. It's not based on, okay, now that I'm a Christian, I, I guess I've got to start going to church. Can't drink, can't smoke, can't use porn, can't, can't go to clubs, can't do, can't do, I, I can't, can't have sex outside of marriage, can't do that, can't look at that. Oh, oh, can't, 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 can't. Oh, guess what? You won't last a week. And then some of the, and it even goes on beyond that. Well, I guess i got to forgive. Oh, man, if you become a Christian, i got to forgive that horrible father of mine, that mother. Oh, my God, I can't do that. And all of a sudden, you start thinking about all the things you're supposed to do and all the things you can't do. And those are the subtle thoughts. The end, Those are subtle demonic thoughts the enemy plants in the minds of people that do not know God. 
Let me tell you something. I have been married to my wife, Carol, for 38 years. She's a wonderful woman. She's amazing, amazing. And I'm not just saying that. Carol is an amazing woman. I have a, I'm a blessed man. I really am. But you know the thing is, my love for my wife and the knowledge of who she is is what gives me keeping power. When you know someone, it's what keeps your faith. I can go around the world and be on the other side of the planet and I'll still stay faithful because I know who my wife is and I know who she is and she knows who I am. And because of the knowledge of who she is, I don't want to have anything come between our relationship. You see, when there's true love involved, when when there's a genuine love involved in any relationship, you want to protect it. You want to guard it. You will destroy anything that would seek to destroy trust in that relationship. And see, when people become lighthearted and passive, and one of the reasons why many of us, our our relationships with the Lord is not strong, it's not because you don't mean well, it's because you you have yet to really come to know Him. Because you see, it's your knowledge of Him that gives you the power and the life to live and sustain an overcoming life. Jesus did not call us or draw us to him. Do you know this is one of the reasons why I believe that when Jesus went to the cross, Jesus knew all of his disciples were going to leave him. Peter, in his own strength, made the promise, Lord, I'll never, I'll never leave you. I'll go all the way and I will die for you, Lord. Can you imagine the face that Jesus or Peter had when Jesus said, Peter, tonight, tonight, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. I think that just popped his bubble. I think Peter probably wanted to say, you know, Jesus, I, I've been following you for three years, and you're telling me I'm going to backslide? Yes, Peter, you're going to backslide. And here's the reason. It was important that Peter come to that place. And I want to say this to all of us. It's important for all of us to come to a place where we cannot do it in our own strength. Jesus even foretold Peter in John 21, or John 19, I mean. Jesus said to Peter one day, he says, Peter, I want you to know that Satan has come asking for you. What a word. Can you imagine somebody telling you that? The devil's been telling me he's asking for you. And he's also told me that you're going to be sifted and you're going to deny the faith. But then Jesus didn't finish there. He says, but when you return, everyone say return. Do you know God sees our potential even beyond our failure? He says, when you return, he didn't say, sit down and shut up. He didn't say, when you return, you're disqualified. 
He said, when you return, now strengthen your brethren. In other words, Peter, there's coming a day when you come back. When you return back to me, you're going to be a different man because you're going to realize it's not how hard you try. It's not how good you are. But it's my saving grace that has brought you through and transformed your life. And it's based on relationship. It's not based on your knowledge of good and evil. But it's because you've been feeding and living off the tree of life. And Peter, when he, in John 21, sat with the Lord and the disciples on the shore, Jesus fixing them breakfast, and of course, Jesus asking Peter, if you love me, he says three times, I want you to feed my sheep. Most of us would probably have counted and written Peter off. He denied the Lord. Not only did he deny the Lord, but he swore that he didn't know the Lord. And then, on top of that, he lied. So he's a liar. He swears and doesn't keep his promise. And he's a coward. And yet God uses that man to be a principal man to open the door to the kingdom in Acts chapter 2. Do you know from the day of Jesus' resurrection to the day of Pentecost was 50 days? That is a month and a half. A month and a half, God takes a coward and a liar, and a backslider, and brings him to the point where he is now baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, the the baptism of the Holy Spirit is more than just some kind of gibberish infilling. It is a revelation of the love and the grace of God in his life. Peter had an encounter. I want to say this to you. If you've not had an encounter with Jesus, where you have seen him on the cross and your sins washed and healed and forgiven. If you haven't experienced that, you're not saved. It's more than a confession. It's an encounter. And that encounter comes when you open your heart and you say, Father, I receive what you did for me. And then after you receive what he did for you, you must forgive yourself. It is imperative that you release yourself from your own prison because he's already released you. Now I must release myself. I must forgive myself. I must move on and I must move from being an orphan to a son and inherit. I must come to receive my inheritance as a son. And what is that inheritance? It's found in Ephesians 1. My inheritance is I am blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I have been chosen. I am a special people who've obtained mercy. I am a special treasure. I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. I am a man of God. I am a leader. I am a believer. I am a follower. I am a king and I am a priest. In his righteousness, I'm righteous. And guess what? You even have the authority and the privilege and the power to say that sin no longer has dominion over my life. I am not a sinner anymore. I want everyone to say that with me right now. I am not a sinner anymore. 
Yeah, but pastor, I still have temptations and weaknesses. Yeah, temptation is not sin. Temptation is not sin. In fact, the devil will come after you with all that he has, but you are no longer a sinner. You are now the beloved. You are now a saint. You are now an overcomer, washed by the blood of the Lamb. You have now been raised. Do the baptism of the Holy Spirit was so much more than just the gifts. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is literally the spirit of resurrection life that raises the dead. You are no longer dead. You are no longer the same. In fact, in the New Testament, people's names were changed because their natures were so diametrically changed. And God had such a powerful transforming effect on their lives that people literally changed their names. And the Holy Spirit is saying that I'm bringing a change even into this church this year. There's going to be some changes, and there are going to be some adjustments that are going to happen in this house that are going to even cause some of us to be amazed. I'm just telling you what the Holy Spirit impressed on me. And I I want to even say this, just to prepare you, that God chooses the weak and the foolish things to confound the wisdom of men. God wants to do something. He wants to open your eyes. Well, he wants to open your heart. I just feel like it's just the Friday when I was in prayer here in the sanctuary. It just the Lord spoke to me so clearly. He says, "I've been knocking on the door of this church a long time. I've been knocking on the door of the hearts of this people, and if they will allow me entrance into their heart." You just simply open the door. I will come in. I will come in. I will sup with you. And he will heal. He will heal things that you cannot heal. He will restore things that you cannot restore. I want to close here. I, I want to go ahead Bill or James could you play this video clip for me? Now folks when you see someone like this and you just make a snap judgment and you see someone doing something like this you may say, oh, man, you know, what's going on? But I want to tell you, this girl, she's a brilliant girl. Her mother's a school teacher. Her father's a doctor, medical doctor. And these girls have been raised in Brownsville Assembly. I know their life, and they're godly girls. But God, during this revival, has gotten a hold of them. And her sister is Elizabeth that's given her testimony on television and here on Friday night in the church. And this is Allison. 
and God uses her uh, when it comes time for the altar call and things like that. He uses her in intercession. And you'll see her back there really under the power of the Holy Spirit beginning to intercede for lost souls. And she's never done anything like this. I've known her for many years. I've known these girls since they were little bitty girls. I mean, like this, I've known them. I've been their pastor. But I know beyond any doubt whatsoever that these girls are being moved on by God's Spirit. And Allison, if you can, sweetheart, I want you to take just a moment and just share what the Lord's doing in your life and what's going on. I'm 19 years old, and um, I've been through high school, and I'm in college now. And at the beginning of this revival, I didn't come for the first week. I, I was like everyone else. I wasn't so sure about it. And um, church had always been kind of a just a requirement anyway. So it was the second Sunday of this revival that I came to the the night service and um, uh, Steve preached on um, I have a verse for it um, to Matthew 6 um, 24 it says no one can serve two masters Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And what Steve preached about that night was you cannot hold on to the hand of God and onto the hand of the world at the same time. And uh, all through high school and college, I've, I've known God. Well, God has had a place in my heart, but he didn't really have a place in my life. And... I never thought that God had anything to offer other than just sitting at church and I'd never given him a chance to do anything in my life. So I was constantly running after the world. I was running after what I, I thought I had to have something that the world would give me. But whenever I heard that, what Steve preached, I, my eyes were opened like Steve preached last night. Um, Satan, he blinds us. And I, I was blinded by worldly things that I thought I had to have and worldly friends that I thought I had to have. And all it took to totally change my life was for me to, to, to listen and, and really hear what these people, these men of God are trying to say, what God is trying to say. You know, the Bible says people, they have ears to hear, but they don't hear what people are trying to say, what God is trying to say to, say to them. And um, I listened that night, and God totally opened my eyes. He, he changed my whole life. I was terribly depressed because I... I had enough of God in me to know what I was doing was wrong and to be miserable doing it. And I was in the most horrible position you can be in. God says himself, he'd rather spit you out of his mouth than to have you be lukewarm because you're no good to anybody unless you're hot or cold. 
myself. I'm hot now. <laughs> to me the first week of the revival and, uh, and like they say you don't have to search after the manifestation the manifestation is on me now but it wasn't for a long time I came to lots of meetings and I got prayed for and I never felt anything physically happen but my whole life was transformed and now God has given me the gift of intercession, and um, He has, He's allowed me to feel, the Holy Spirit has allowed me to feel just part of the pain that He feels whenever people don't listen to Him. I've realized that the Holy Spirit, He's here. He's waiting on all of us, just a, a, a tiny bit of our heart to want Him. He'll come in and change your whole life, He'll change everything, everything. Whenever, whenever this is on you, Allison, you don't have pain, do you? No, it's not painful at all. You know, you know seriously, seriously, Whenever someone sees someone like this that, that, that's manifesting the Spirit of the Lord, they think they're under pain or they're under duress. But it's not like that at all. Tell them what it's like. Well, there's two different kinds with me. Like right now, I think the glory of God is so strong up here, my body just can't really take it. And that, that's why I'm doing this. But there's other times whenever I come into God's presence and um, I don't move at all, but inside me, it's like there's just waves of God inside of me. And then there's other times whenever I'm interceding, and it's not painful to my body, but it's painful to my heart because I know that God loves people so much, and He's 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 in a hurry. He He wants. He wants, he wants everyone. He, there's not much, not much more time. He, he aches and he, he grieves for your spirit. He grieves for you. I want to just read one last scripture 
founded 2 Chronicles chapter 7. It said, when Solomon had finished praying, it says, fire came down from heaven and consumed the offering. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And it says, and the priests could not enter the house because of the glory of the Lord that filled the house. I know that with a, a video like this, some of you may have problems because a woman is shaking. But that is the glory of, the glory of God at times affects different people. My, my prayer is that you heard the message more than just watching the manifestation. I believe God wants to touch this house. I believe he wants to do something so deep and so real if we'll let him. But here's what has to happen. He has to get beyond our head. Like this young 19-year-old girl, she says, I went to church. God was in my heart, but he wasn't in my life. I just like us all to stand if we could all stand this morning. You know, these next three weeks, three weeks, we're coming into a time of prayer and seeking the Lord, waiting upon Him, because we need Him. I don't know about you, but I need the Lord. I don't want to pastor this church ever or anywhere without His presence and without His grace on our life. Maybe this morning you may say, you know, Pastor Ray, I've been so cold, I've been distant, and I need the Lord in my life. I don't want to just know Scripture. I want to come to know Him in a real and genuine way. If that's you, I, I just believe you need to come down here in front. We want to pray with you. I would like this to just come. Just feel free if you'd like to come. We're just going to continue this prayer and intercession here. I believe God wants to open our hearts and our minds. Many of you just feel like, you know, Pastor, I need the fire of God to ignite my life. I know it's not where it needs to be, and I need that in the Lord in my life. Just feel free to come. I'm I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I feel we need to make a move forward, take a step of faith. Nothing to be ashamed of. If God wants to just ignite all of us, wants to reach us, but it's not about exposing us. It's about healing us. It's about bringing us back to that place of dynamic fellowship, relationship with our Heavenly Father. This this morning, you may, may even be just struggling. It may not be an issue of sin in your life. There may be no known sin, but you've just kind of grown cold. Maybe you've grown lukewarm. Like Revelations 3 says, I don't want the Lord to spit me out of his mouth. The Bible says that if we just are lukewarm. But he said if we open the door of our heart, he will come in. Amen. I want to just wait before the Lord here. I I, I don't want to do anything. I just want to wait before the Lord for a minute here, two minutes. Just let the Lord speak to your heart. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Mighty God. Father God, breathe upon us, Lord. 
As, as we were just standing here, I felt like uh, it's just an impression that there's been just someone here, even this week, you've actually contemplated suicide. You've even just entertained the thought of just giving up. And the Lord wants you to know he's not giving up on you. And he is so ready to open your eyes and open your heart to the reality to a reality of his favor and grace there's someone else also you've you're, you're experiencing some major pain this morning because of kidney stones amen I just and the Lord wants to just bring relief in Jesus name if that's you just lay your hands on your back Father, we just speak life. We release the grace, the power of God upon that body in Jesus' name to release those kidney stones. Father, we pray. Also, someone in their wrists, in the joint of their wrists, you fell on your face this week and you hurt both of your wrists because you fell down. I just feel the Holy Spirit wants to just bring the warmth of his presence and divine life upon you even right now. Father, we receive healing power. We receive it in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Can, can you just all repeat a prayer with me? Can we just pray together as a, as a, as a church body here? Heavenly Father, we come in faith to the throne of God to obtain mercy. You are our great high priest. And through the shed blood, we have access into the holy place. You have destroyed the curse of sin and the lies that I have believed. Lord, I surrender all. I look to you as my Lord and my King. Father, thank you for washing me, renewing me, and making me whole. Lord, I pray for impartation. I pray for strength. As we come into this season of prayer to seek your face, Lord, thank you for being so good and rewarding our faith. Lord, it's because of you 
that I live. And you deserve my highest praise. And I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God is good, isn't he? He is so good. He loves us. I just, I just want, want to just say, if the rest of you want to leave, you can. But down here, I want to just continue to pray and minister over these down here. God bless you, folks. If you'd like to linger and pray, we'd love to have you come. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Father.
darkness where everything is unknown I face the power of sin on my own I did not know of a place I could go where I could find a way to heal my to the 